Hey, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to send us your story by visiting our new website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. Light is an interesting thing. You know, as we look across the room, there's a lot that changes when light is not involved. Take, for instance, a little light like this. In a dark room, this little light makes a very big difference. If you've ever walked in the dark, stepped on a Lego, you felt like you were going to meet Jesus. That is a painful moment. If you just had enough light, you might have been able to see that even if it was this big. This trickle of a light will make a little difference in a room like this or any room. It's pitch black. We look in a room like this and the impact of this light is greater by the darkness of that room. Then you look at another situation like this. You look at a light like this and it's very direct. The output on this light is a lot more than a trickle. It creates much more visibility in the space in which you need it. Very useful in dark rooms and dark situations. Then there's a third one. The third form of light is vastly dependent on the output in which it puts out. Do not look directly at the light. But the outage and the output on these lights definitely change the room and it changes everything. All because of the amount of light dispersed in darkness. When love is used properly, it disperses light in ways that this world has never ever seen. Have you noticed that this much light in a room that's already lit really doesn't impact the room? So why do you think that going to church is enough for God? Why do you think that maybe going to church is just enough? There's a lot of light in the room. There's a lot of great things happening in this room. You're one of many lights. Where God really wants to see your commitment is in the darkest of places. You see, just a few moments ago, this light really made a huge difference in the room. But all of a sudden, we turn the lights on, the house lights are up. This light really is not as impactful as we saw moments ago. Why? Because the light is brightest in the darkest of days. Friends, would you agree with me today that this world is in a dark, dark place right now? Our understanding of God is in a real dark, dark place. No matter how much you think you're doing for God, if it's not filled with love, then it's not really doing what God intended it to be. So I want to talk to you about love illuminated. See, because the output determines the illumination. How much is put out will determine how much lighter the room is. So when we look at scripture, we see that Jesus said, not I am a light of the world. Did you ever notice that? He never said, I am a light of the world. He said, I am the light 
of the world. I am the reason. I am the one that's going to change this world. Have you ever been in a dark environment of any kind and thought to yourself, if I can just see here, I can then move properly. And that's when the Lego stepped in and said, no, uh uh-uh. I I promise you, you can see Jesus if you step on the Lego the wrong way. The slightest bit of light would have changed that dynamic, wouldn't it? If I can just get a little more light in my path, I can then see. And we become become more committed. See, this little trickle of light is that light when you come to Jesus. That trickle of light, all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's something. Something's changed in me. Something's different in me. But the more you commit to him, the more your light becomes brighter. And all of a sudden, you can change more things around you. And as you become more and more committed, you become more and more brighter. Why? Because the output is different. The output is different. Your commitment to Jesus often determines your impact for Jesus. Friends, that's exactly what love does. When we love people beyond their lovability. How many know what I'm talking about? When you love people beyond their lovability, that's true love. Because anyone could love the lovable, right? How many ever love the lovable and you're like, it's so easy to love this person. You have a friend, a loved one, a spouse, you know, somebody you've known your whole life. You're like, it's so easy to love them. It's so easy to help them. You ever had one of those? You just, it's easy to love them. Absolutely. Then, have you ever met the opposite? You ever got a chance to meet the opposite of that? Where you're going, dear Lord, it's going to take the love of God and a miracle to love this person. Nobody pointing. The light is brightest in the darkest of times. That's how come Jesus said, if you love the lovable, what good is that? When you look at Jesus and he sat down with his disciples, turn with me to Mark chapter 9, verse 35. One verse. One verse. Mark chapter 9, verse 35. And this this is strange because you were expected to probably read something about light, right? But no, here's what he's talking about. Jesus was sitting down with his disciples and he said to them this. He said this, anyone who wants to be the first must be the very last and servant of all. Why is this even among our topic of love and light today? Why is this even a subject of what we're talking about today? Well, let me enlighten you. When you walk in obedience and care for what God cares about, we shine our light. And Jesus said, if anyone wants to be first, you got to be last. Why? Because Jesus is more concerned about the servant with the towel, not the servant with the title. Love lights the world so it can know Jesus. Love lights the world and it starts with a trickle. You're saying, if you, if you understood where I work, Pastor Tony, you'd realize very quickly God only asks you to start with your testimony. If they look at you and you say you're a Christian and they go, for real? Start over. Okay? Backtrack and figure out what went wrong. Right? Because you are a representation of the Lord Jesus Christ in this world today. You see, we serve such a mighty God. 
we make the mistake of thinking that everything we have to do has to be enormous. And everything we have to do has to be on a stage. And everything that we have to do has to be perfect. I've been there. Church, look at me. I've been there. I understand the feeling of, you know what, you gotta, if you're going to do something for God, go big or go home. I get that understanding. But listen, how about you just get in the game and start loving people right where you're at? Because I know for me, I want to think everything has to be big for God. If I can't do it big, I can't do it at all. That's it. Don't do it at all. Where do you find that in Scripture? Where do you find that? You know where you don't find it? You don't find it where it says, be faithful in the little and God will give you charge over much. You will never have charge over much if you're not faithful with the little. Backtrack. It starts here before we can get there. Before we can shine a light that is very bright. And I won't turn this on right in your face because I will mess you up. You can't get to this part If you don't start with this part right here, if you don't start with this little trickle, this little bit, if you're not faithful with the little, the things that God has given you, you can't be charged over much because in the world we live in today, they're just asking for somebody to be real. And this is how you're real on your everyday life. The little trickle that people don't think is much. Guess what? Every time you laugh at that joke that is inappropriate. Every time. Every time you compromise little white lies, little things that don't matter. Listen, that's not love illuminated. You know what love is? Love for me stands for something. Love, for, love toward him stands for something. Love for fellow man. And there's a lack of that today. Just because I don't agree with you, just because you don't agree with me, doesn't mean we can't stand in love. Hello? People have misconstrued what that means. I don't have to believe like you to love you. I don't have to believe like you to love you, and you don't have to believe like me to love me. Jesus didn't believe like me. He still loved me. He still shined his light. His love and his, gave his life for me, even when he didn't believe like me. But because he believed the Father's will, and he did the Father's will, that turned me to be on his side. I want to be on his side. I want to do what he's doing. Love that is true illuminates the world. Light illuminates no matter what the room looks like. The room is well lit right now. This light is still going. Shut the lights off and this light is still going. It is not directly connected. Your light, your life is not directly connected to this world and how good it is. Your impact is not directly connected to how the world operates. You're on a whole different connection. So today... When I talk about life and love illuminated, I want you to know something. Jesus said this when he was among the disciples and the children came to him, little children with little light, right? Let's look at that verse for a moment if we can look at that. We look at uh, Matthew chapter 19 and he says this, but Jesus said, let the children alone and don't hinder them from coming to me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Why? Because God loved children. 
He loved children. But you know what he loved about them? Their desire to see more. I believe that God saw in children what many of us as adults have lost a long time ago. The ability to dream. Some of you lost your dream. Some of you lost your desires. God gave them to you and you've lost them. You've misplaced them. You're saying, has anyone seen my dream? I misplaced it. I had it once upon a time. Sometimes you just got to come back to the beginning. Back to the drawing board and say, Jesus, I want to just love you first. And watch how that begins to unfold. Amen? Love illuminates the world. It does change the world. But a love that is pure with God at its center and God at its core. I know a lot of people that don't know Jesus that love. How many know somebody that doesn't know Jesus, but they are loving people? You know why? Because God is love and God's image is in us. We have this natural ability to love. Are you with me? Because we've been created in the image of God. That's why we have hope. Because we have his image shed upon us. So we look at it and we look at this one of my favorite, favorite episodes in the gospel where the, the children are coming. The disciples try to stop them. He says, no, no, no. Let them come to me. Let them come to me. The disciples were treating the children like, like property. Jesus said, don't refuse them. Don't stop them from coming to me. And he spent time with them and he blessed them. And he made a special point. To follow the kingdom means to let the young ones come. Why? Their pure love for Jesus. They came to him and they loved him. They didn't have anything in mind. You know, you know when the rabbis and the priests would come to Jesus, they had something in mind. They had an ulterior motive of some sort. Good or bad, they had a motive. But when they came, they came pure. They came right from the foundation. They just saw joy in him. Have you ever watched a movie about Jesus? And you said, that man is super serious. You ever watched a movie about Jesus? And he's like serious the whole time. I've watched stuff in scripture that I'm like, I don't know that it was quite like that. Like Jesus didn't smile. Like it had to be like one of those off moments where he smiled, like by accident. Like Jesus doesn't smile and laugh by accident. He's deliberate. I believe God is joy. Hello? I believe God is joy. And we look at those moments and we look at what Jesus did. Listen, it's hard not to feel joy when he walked around and he taught people. When he walked around and he healed people. When he walked around and he chose, he chose women. When in that day, women were not just segregated, but degraded. They're just put to the side. and They're just castaways. And he chose a woman to see him resurrected. A woman to bring the news back. And that day, that's a big deal. I mean, that's a big deal today for some. I mean, come a long way, right, ladies? Come a long way. But in those days, that is absurd that a woman would have been chosen for such a big task. Jesus was not like anyone else. You see, we can emulate love and care for Christ and care for the poor and all these things. That only comes because his light is in us. That only happens because his light is in us. Love illuminates. Love changes its environment. Love satisfies lives by helping people in the deepest, darkest moments. Christ showed love to the poor, the disregarded, the sick. That's who he loved. 
while the church wants to love itself and teach itself and disciple itself. Right? That's no different than this light on in a room full of lights. There are 36 lights on the ceiling. I know because I helped put them in. Another five on the bar plus more color ones. Then there's lights up here and all these different things. There's a lot of light in this room. If we put it all up and all shine it up, the lighter this room gets, the less impactful this feels. But it's still going. It's not enough to show up on a Sunday and say you've done your job. Love illuminates the world. That's why the final words Jesus said was go into all the world and what? Go to church. Go into all the world and go to a church service. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples. Love God. Love people. Change the world. Oh, I know this is not a hoot and hollering message, but I'm, I'm, I'm not here to, 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 uh, to appease you. I'm not here to, I'm here to tell you the honest to God truth. And I'm looking at it and I'm looking at how people made a difference and how they turned the light on. Come on, somebody tap your neighbor and tell them, turn your light on. How many ever heard, raise your hand if you heard of Charles Spurgeon. Raise your hand if you heard of the name Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon never went to college or seminary. His first lessons of theology were from a lunch lady who told him about God. And thanks to that perfectly placed little light of hers, that servant helped impact the man that would later become what many call today the prince of preachers, Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon made a difference because he turned on his light. Some of you in this room, you've not turned on your light because you've said to yourself, I'm ashamed of my light, but I wouldn't be if I only blank. What is your blank? If only I was more educated. If only I was smarter. If only I was from a good lineage. If only I went to... Seminary, college. If only I, if only I, if only, if only, if only. You know, I'm very, very disturbed that standing before God, there's going to be a lot of ifs. I'm concerned about that. I know there's a lot of people in this room, you love Jesus with all your heart. But your life is more filled with ifs or if onlys. That is filling, it's, it's filling your life. With fears and doubts that God never intended for you to have. Are you hearing me today? The if onlys. If only I was this. If only I was that. If only. Guess what? Just be this. Be faithful in the little. And God will give you charge over much. With his eternal mindset, he sees the unlimited potential that each of us have when we put our faith in Christ. The unlimited potential that we have. On this side of heaven, there's an opportunity that you have today to love with an everlasting love that has been given to you. Look at me. By God and God alone. Oh, I know you had a rough week. I know you have this reason and that reason. 
And there's some people that are even listening online right now or listening to a podcast that you bought into the lie. You don't need to go to church today. Just sit home or just watch it online or just this or just that. I'm telling you right now, there's something about being around believers that will encourage you and build you up. And you need to do something about the state that you're in. If you've lived in this state for 20 years, something has to change. This is a great place to start. But God wants you to shine a light that's brighter than anyone has ever seen before. It's okay to start here. It's okay. But don't let this be your light the whole time. Because even with all the light in this room, if I turn this light on, how many know it'll still make a difference? This, not so much. Not in the lit room that's lit. Because the output is different. The amount of commitment of, of energy coming out of this is different than the amount of energy coming out of that. It's going to take some time to get from here to there. And that's okay. But guess what? Love changes its environment. Love changes its environment. It's getting real quiet. So I'm going to read a scripture. (laughs) Matthew 6 chapter, uh, chapter 6 verse 10 says this. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, when we join God's work... We want his will on earth as it is in heaven. So here's three things I want to share with you really quickly. In order to serve God's cause, consider these three decisions today. Number one, believe that God can use your life for eternal purposes. Hello? Believe that God can use your life for eternal purpose. We live in an existentialist age in which many people see chaos, random fleeting lives, things that just, there's no commitment real there. It's just whatever I feel like doing, whatever I feel like believing, whatever I feel I'm going to do that, right? We're just all feeling, feeling, feeling and no commitment. That's the world we live in. That's not saying that's you. I'm saying that's the world we live in. How many would agree with me? But God isn't random or casual. God is not random nor casual. God is looking for followers to be intentional about loving and following him. God has endowed you with spiritual gifts. Entrusted you with resources, time, possessions, influence. There are people that you can minister to that I cannot. Why? Because your opportunity for light and love is different than mine. Therefore, no matter how good my sermon is today, it will never reach the ears of anyone that has not tuned in. I could have the best or the worst message you have ever heard. And I'll leave that to your opinion. I won't even ask for hands. I could bring the best message. And guess what? It will not matter unless you love your neighbor the way God said to love them. We can't sit here and collect information about God and just be a source of data input. But passionately pursue him. How many know what I'm talking about? In our house, we have electricity. The electricity that is in our house, but it's not of the house. Follow me. It is a different entity from the house. And the source of its power is from outside of the house. But because of its character and its effects, and the way it was, it was wired into our home, it is 
affecting our home. Our home is our home. The electricity and the power which comes from outside is not of our home. It just happens to be there. You are in this world, but you are not of this world. The source of power that you have comes from an outside source. You have been tapped into someone's life. You have been brought down through whatever channels to get into their lives. You need to realize who your source is today and who your power comes from. The cruise house is the cruise house. And we buy electricity. And it's not our own. It is an external source. And I cannot separate that source or I'll be disconnected. In the same way, your life, you in this world are not of this world. You're just entering homes via lives every day. Your love and your life is illuminating other people. And so how powerful is that light is determined by you. Not by how good my sermon is. Not by how good the, the, the worship experience was. Not by how good our Sunday school teachers are. Hello. Not by how good this and that, that. You know what that is? That's determined by your willingness to follow Jesus. It doesn't matter how good the sermon is. Good or not. The church is in this world. But it is not of this world. And God had it in mind for the church to enter lives and be life and love illuminated. Are you with me? Number two. A second thing to consider. Is believe this. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you every day. The first one was believe. The second one is to ask. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you every single day. When you wake up in the morning. Say Holy Spirit I need you to be with me. There's some days I say that in my head over and over again. Be with me because I don't know how I'm going to get the strength today. You ever been there? You had a long day before. You came. The next day you wake up like, I don't know how I'm going to tackle today. Holy Spirit, be with me today. Some of y'all pray that out of desperation. That's okay too. That's okay too. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. That's why Ephesians says, be filled with the Spirit. Every day we should be filled with the Spirit. Charles Spurgeon, the guy I just mentioned just a few moments ago, the Prince of Preachers, as many call him, he said this, I have a great need for Christ. I have a great Christ for my need. I have a great need for Christ, but I have a great Christ for my need. Ask the Spirit to empower you beginning today. Look at me, beginning today. Some of you are functioning on your own strength You keep hitting a wall and you're wondering why. Can I tell you? Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you today. You know how he empowers you? One way. Can I just give you one? Just one way that he empowers you? Through joy. Choose joy. How many realize that choosing joy sometimes is just a real choice? You got to just choose joy. I have no reason to smile right now, but I choose to smile. How many have ever been there before? I've been there. Some of you are like, I was there 10 minutes ago promise you on the way here I was here I chose joy in the parking lot right before I came in here so I'm about to throw something at somebody I'm fit to throw a fit not joy again we look at Jesus a lot of depictions of Jesus and somehow we think that Jesus doesn't believe in joy did you know that God I believe God giggles over some of our foolish antics I really believe that. If you don't think God has a sense of humor, 
Take a good look around. He is a funny guy. I say that when I look in the mirror. You're a funny guy. Laughter is a gift from God. It really is. Can I tell you something? Don't let the enemy steal your joy today. Because I believe that joy is one of those things that helps love be real. When you choose joy, you can love differently. When you choose joy, you love differently. You love on a different level. So choose joy today. Just like you chose this pair of shoes you wore today. You know what? Today, I'm going to walk in joy. I'm going to just put on joy and I'm going to walk in joy and I'm going to go. I have no real reason. This week was a really crummy week, but I choose joy today. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my. It's, it's funny how the writer of Ecclesiastes said a lot of things. One of the things he said was, there's a time to laugh. We forget that part, right? It's a time for sorrow. It's a time to mourn. But did you know that laugh was in there? Sometimes you just got to laugh at yourself. Laugh at your situation. There's nothing I could have done differently about this. And it still turned out weird. It still turned out bad. I don't know, God. Just, I choose joy. Just tell yourself, I choose joy. And sometimes you just got to laugh. There's times I, I go through things and I just laugh at myself and say, nothing I could have done differently. There's nothing I could have done differently. So I choose joy. He's given us joy as a, a gift. Did you know that? He's given laughter as an opportunity. You see, in laughter, there is a release of trouble for just a moment. Now, when I was a kid, I, can I tell you this? I, I didn't listen in school a lot. Um, yeah, imagine. I know. <laughs> True story. I was, I was, if you look at my report cards, and I have report cards that I, I actually saved from when I was in school. And I would read in like the first semester. It's like, you know, Tony is a delight. Yeah, Tony is this, Tony is that. Second market period. Tony is good, but there's times, you know, that he just, by like the last marking period, it's like Tony is a distraction. Tony is a, talks a lot. And to, Tony is out of control. My, my grades went, woo. You know, kind of, I had those moments, right? Those moments were pretty consistent. Um, really because... I love, you know what I love to do? And I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to make excuses because I just plain sometimes didn't want to listen. That's just the honest truth. Don't laugh because you were there. So there were times, but you know what I really found as a kid? That I love to, I love to make people laugh. And when they laughed, well, how can I do it again? You know what I'm talking about, right? How could I make that happen again? And you know what really thrilled me? The older I got, the more I realized that for a moment... The person that laughed forgot their troubles. I learned this at a young age. And I really honestly wanted to make people laugh so they can forget their troubles. For just a moment. And I believe that laughter does that. Look at me. Don't let the enemy steal your joy, church. Let your love in your life illuminate the love of God. And you know what? When you choose joy when you shouldn't, at least in the world's eyes... When you choose joy, 
When you choose joy when everybody else would have bailed, the world looks at you and says, why'd you do that? Curious. You should have done this. Why did you do that? And you know what you can honestly say? Because I chose to. You don't have to get super hyper-religious because the Lord is my strength. Ah. <laughs> if you end with an A every time, you feel more preacher-like. I get I can do all things. Ah. Right? Don't get super spiritual. At some point, look him in the eyes and say, because I chose joy. I chose joy. I love what Abraham Lincoln said. God must have meant us to laugh or else he would not have made so many mules, parrots, monkeys, and human beings. God wants us to laugh. My third point is this. Not only should we believe God, not only should we ask the Holy Spirit to intervene, but also see the people you know as a mission field. See the people you interact with as a mission field. The world is passing away along with its desires. 1 John chapter 2, 17. See the people you know as your mission field. The world is passing away along with its desires. You see, every person you meet this week in life, every person you come in contact with wants to know love. You can't point out a person in this world that doesn't want to feel loved. If they say that, it's because they're jaded. If they say that, it's because they're hurt by people that they thought would love them. Look at me. They look, they look at love as a distant either memory or distant something that they can never attain. Right? When we look at life and love, we can't help but incorporate laughter. Understand that God has given you moments to laugh. Take them and run with it. You see, I learned a long time ago that my vocation is not my vacation from God. My vocation is not my vacation from God. In other words, some people go, well, I'm not called to be a preacher. Therefore, I'm not in ministry. I don't, I'm not a minister like Pastor Tony is or Pastor Christian or Pastor Alicia. I'm not a minister like them. Therefore, I'm not in ministry. Guess what? If you have a pulse, you have a ministry. How do I know this? Because the word vocation comes from the Latin word meaning calling. There is no biblical distinction between secular and spiritual vocations. Because we have all been called to do the work of the evangelist. We've all been called to love one another. We've all been called to be a light to this world. Listen, if you want to separate your vocation from ministry, you've done something that even God hasn't done. God has not called you to separate your vocation from ministry. Whatever it is that you do, whatever you call vocation, let that be your calling. 
Don't chase the check. Because you'll get up every day regretting. The check is not the goal. Oh, I get it. I get it. It's a good paying job. Oh, I get it. I'm only doing this for a while or I'm doing this to pay this. I get that. I'm not saying don't do that. Here's what I'm saying. If you get a calling in your life, you'll never work a day in your life. You'll just chase your passion every day. And guess what? I don't have a job as the world understands job. I have a calling on my life to pastor this church. And I do it, thank God, full time. Full time. Thank God. Amen? You are called by God to be love illuminated in this world. Love illuminated. God never separated your secular job from ministry. Whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. And I'll close with this thought here. One of the greatest misunderstandings is that Jesus loves people according to their performance. God doesn't love you according to your performance today. You know how he loves you? Like this. On the cross. That's how he loved you. You I'm remembering a story that I, I read recently. About a son who borrowed his dad's brand new car. And he said, son, take good care of this car. If something should ever happen, here's where the registration is and the insurance is. You know the deal. The son said, yes, dad. He drove the car, turned the car on and drove away. Done it for weeks and weeks. One day, miscued and somehow got into a fender bender with another individual. He panicked because his dad's car was brand new. And he, he made sure everybody was okay and both parties were all right. And he, he's shaking as he reached into his glove compartment. And right there and then, as he reached into his glove compartment, he reached out for where his dad pointed out where the license, where the registration is and the proof of insurance was. He reached for that same book because he put it in one book. And as he opened the book, as he began to look at it, he opened it up. And right on the front, before you get to anything else, there's a note from his dad that said, if you're reading this, you got into an accident. And if you're reading this, you're probably okay. And that's all that matters. The car I can replace. The dad wrote at the end of the note. The car I can replace. You are irreplaceable. Dad left that note right in the front of everything. Can you imagine the big sigh of relief that that son felt? Look at me. That's the sigh of relief I want you to feel this morning. If you feel unloved. If you feel like, man, the world has beaten up on me and it's taken a one-two punch to my throat. I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like I can't move. I feel like I can't. Guess what? I want you to know today, he loves you with an everlasting love. And if you've messed up, you have a chance this morning to say, God, help me to get back on track. If you had a fender bender this week, spiritually, I'm allowing you to open that book right now and say, all that matters is that you're okay. You're okay because you're here. Can I encourage you right where you're at to just bow your heads for a moment with me? And I want to encourage you in a prayer. Father, I thank you for the love that is everlasting. I thank you, God, for the fact that this story that I just shared showed the love of an earthly father that is imperfect. How much more is your love for the individuals at the sound of my voice from the Father of lights 
Lord, I thank you that you've illuminated my life to see Jesus lifted high. Thank you that you illuminated my life so I can see hope. Thank you that you illuminated my life so I can see joy. God, I pray today, let us see you the way we should see you. Let us know you the way we should know you. And God, today I'm asking you, if there's anyone at the sound of my voice that doesn't know you the way they should, may they come to the knowledge of Jesus today. And God, I thank you that there is no love like your love. And today, if there's anyone in this room that has has had a fender bender spiritually, God, would you just encourage them to love you and to chase you and that today you don't love them any less. I ask you in Christ's name, be their light, be their life as you are the light of the world. In Jesus' name.